Perfect. Okay, good, good. Well, I'm a believer in starting on time if you guys want to. I, I just think it's a it's sort of appreciated by people who took the time to get on and, and be be on there. Um, and I just want to say thank you again, uh, Steve and, and Leah, for doing this because we, we really appreciated it. I, I feel there's a sense from the deputy sector navigators and now called regional directors and the state navigators for an increased awareness of how contract ed might be working with the local businesses. Um, so if you could, you know, if you want to share your thoughts about contract ed and how we can all work together, that's, I think, what this is about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, do, do you agree? Ab absolutely. Yeah, they've invited me to speak in San Diego in September at the Health Workforce, uh, their statewide advisory group, to pretty much the same conversation of business engagement and how we can be working together. And I think this all comes down from Vice Chancellor Weber. So I would think Contract Ed would, you know, anything that can help our local businesses is, is going to be good for all of us. So, Anyways, yeah. I think we covered that topic pretty well today, and uh, it's actually a seed for thought kind of thing because I've, I've only talked to a few of the people on your team, and, and uh, it's uh, a work in progress. Yes, yes. I think what you'll find, and this is before we start, I think the one thing you'll find is people are, because contract ed solely depends upon their training dollars. They do not get dollars from the chancellor's office or typically from their college to exist. There's, they're completely self-sustaining. So they're going to be very cautious about sharing lists of contacts and um, things like that. There, there's a little bit of, so we need to be mindful of that. They're not going to just open the doors to all their contacts and say, hey, go talk to them. But oh, perhaps. Oh, shucks. Oh, my God. I know. I know. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. That was <laughs> no, but, but not to say that if there's manufacturer roundtables going on or other industry group meetings going on, like I know, instance, up here in the north, we have an HR manager roundtable that happens on a monthly basis, and it's hosted at the local contract education offices. So getting invitations to things like that, which you guys are probably already doing and running, I suspect. You're already running those meetings, but those are the kinds of things I think you could collaborate on, too. Well, you turn out quite a crowd here. There's a lot of people on this. Uh, Is there? Okay. Yeah. I, I hit the little participants, 17 participants. Okay. We have upwards typically of 30 to 35. Oh, yeah. And we, and we sent out another meeting reminder this morning to our group, so hopefully we'll get – that'll be good. Okay, well, we can start anytime you like. Okay, let's give it, let's, is, what time is it? Is it, well, it's 10 o'clock. Um, let's go ahead and start. Let's go ahead and start. So I'll just, I'll just say, um, as uh, the project manager for the contract education tap, I am so appreciative of Steve and Leah bringing their knowledge to us today and agreeing to do this presentation. Um, on both the ICT and the international trade sectors, and looking for future collaborations with their contract education practitioners throughout the state. So I want to welcome both of them. And the people that we have on the phone, uh, Steve and Leah, should typically be contract education directors 
and their staff. And we also have, many times we'll have the dean of the career and technical education groups um, sit in on these calls as well. Great. So without further ado, I'll turn it over to both of you. Thank you. Thank you uh, very much. Um, I think that you probably need to go back to the opening slide. Uh, there you go. Yeah, Lee and I work together. We're both uh, now called uh, state directors. Uh, we used to be called sector navigators. And, uh, but it's the same job, I believe. Uh, and we think of ourselves, I think, as subject matter experts. And uh, my background, I was with GT and Verizon for about 23 years. And I did market research. And of course, in the during that time, the cell phones were discovered, internet was discovered, uh, every, everything else that, that, that developed and uh, required training, digital communications, everything else. So we did a lot of training internally and with our customers. And so I found it a natural fit when I left uh, Verizon after many years to work at the community college system and bring my uh, market research expertise to, to bear. And I know Leah's got a rich uh, background in uh, international trade, which I'm sure she'll share with you as she begins her slides. We've split this up. I'm gonna take uh, the first part. I've timed myself. It shouldn't take me more than about 15 minutes. Uh, please feel free to put questions in the chat box and we'll be looking at that uh, or interrupt if it's if I've you know really screwed up. Uh, but the idea is to leave plenty of time at the end. Uh, I think if, if uh, the takeaway here is that we all have valuable contributions of what we're doing. And if we can, with just a little bit of enlightenment as to what each other's doing, uh, find new ways to work together will probably benefit tremendously. So uh, with that, I just want to say that talking to the contract ed people, I feel really good and really at home because uh, your job in, in basically pitching to businesses the services that you have is is, is one I envy. I mean, uh, in, in your case, if, if the what you offer makes sense to the business, they, they will probably buy. In our case, uh, with the internal community college system, we have to bring reams of labor market information and uh, something has to fit on a schedule. We have to kind of guarantee that it's going to fill a whole class and, and some of other things that are different. I, I want to start though, next slide please, uh, by just saying that recently uh, we did an employer engagement analysis uh, last year and we asked uh, deputy sector navigators, deans, faculty members, all kinds of people what they thought employer engagement was. And, and we got a lot of uh, items uh, showing up on this slide right here that has to do with, you know, the ways industry can work with the community colleges, provide internships, appear on panels, this and the other, but it's very campus-centric. It's almost like, what can industry do for me? And uh, the next slide shows you the result of a Google survey that we did. We asked businesses and industry, what do you want out of the community colleges? And as you can see, 42% uh, uh, said they wanted employee training and 31% said they want customized curriculum. That sounds a whole lot like contract ed to me. And uh, so if we're gonna find a quid pro quo where uh, we help business and business helps us, I, I think we've got to take in consideration both these pieces. Next slide, please. And, um, and, and integrate it into some kind of overall uh, curriculum development process where we each play a role. Uh, I mean, idealistically, uh, product development or curriculum development, uh, we first assess the industry needs. Um, we determine what learning objectives are specific to that need and maybe prototype. I, I think of you guys a lot in the prototype section. In our case, we're looking at academic approvals and scheduling. And then, of course, this continuous quality improvement cycle. 
that we all need to do on anything we develop, whether it's curriculum or product. Next slide, please. I, from my limited knowledge, and forgive me if, I, if I'm incorrect here, we have uh, different uh, perspectives from contract ed to the kind of work that uh, Lee and I normally do, even though she's a lot more external focused than I am. Um, I get the impression you guys, uh, if you come up with a product and they, they buy it, it's, it's okay. You know, uh, it's got to have perceived value. And, and uh, you do leverage a lot of funding to help it be uh, affordable. You probably enjoy scaling things because that uh, helps you on uh, your development process. But you're, I would assume your primary target is the incumbent already employed uh, employee in the businesses. Our perspective is a little bit different. Uh, we have to get lots of labor market information data to and, and schedule to, to approve something to be on a schedule. We must fill a class. It's a priority over relevance. Uh, and uh, usually offered in a traditional venue on a semester system and uh, campus success is more important than statewide success and we have both the incumbent employee work uh, student that comes to our classes at night or whatever as well as the unemployed or beginner next slide and i and uh, but both of us uh, regardless of the process or perspective have to start with good market research I've listed here a number of tools that we use and in blue in the upper right, I, the needs assessment that you guys do as well as some of these other things. I think these are all fantastic tools. I particularly like the fact that you guys go out and talk to businesses and ask them what they need. I think that's where we can do a lot of sharing in the future. Leah and I do a lot of this other search stuff with the labor market information and, and research uh, information and everything else. And I'll show you some of the products that we've developed in our sector as a result of it. But I always try to tell people the most important tool I've ever discovered is the telephone. And uh, you pick up the phone, you talk to people, and you find out stuff. And it's much bitter, bigger and richer. And then, I mean, all the other tools help, but that's the final thing for me. It's just an old market researcher's trick. Next slide, please. Um, just quickly, some, my, my sector, ICT uh, Information Communications Technologies, uh, it's about five subsectors. So we're looking at the business software applications, people, things people need to know just to work in a business office. Welcome to Zoom. Enter your meeting ID, followed by count. Okay. Someone's paying their bills at the same time. Okay. Um, IT networking, uh, cybersecurity is another subsector, computer science transfers uh, or software development, digital media entertainment. There are more than 20 participants in the yes. meeting. This meeting is recorded. So that's, is that, um, oh, well, anyhow, I won't worry about it. Next slide, please. So within each of those subsectors, we look at the demand statewide. What is, what is the demand open jobs uh, in each of those subsectors? And just as a measure of capacity, how many courses do we offer that address those specific demands? Uh, it's the second row there. How many students do we have that are enrolled in those courses or top codes that uh, relate to those uh, need areas? And then assuming that 70% of our students do not stay with us more than a year for a variety of reasons, many of them good, how many students do we have that actually are persisting on some sort of pathway or track for more than a year? And that's the persist estimate uh, row there. And the uh, subtraction of persist estimate from the demand gives us a relative demand, uh, uh, market demand gives it a, a relative need to fill. And you can see what interestingly on this slide in my particular sector, we probably have too many students taking digital media and not enough taking business software applications. And uh, so that in, informs our strategy, what we try to develop. And the next slide so shows you uh, a basic kind of approach that we take. Um, 
I call it the low hanging fruit approach. Um, where we can get the most outcomes for the most people. We called it a branded pathway before we knew what a guided pathway was. But the idea was we go for a maximum amount of open jobs uh, with skill sets that are very clearly understood. And uh, with a job you could achieve in six months or less with additional credentials and pathway after that. And it should be available about 80% of our colleges. So we're really looking for the Big Mac of the community college system. And I think we found a couple of those. Next slide. Uh, shows you the, our flagship, which is the business information worker, starts with stage one, stage two, and specialist. Stage one being all that Microsoft Office stuff that people need to know, as well as QuickBooks and some of those others that are built into stage two. A specialist, you get into defining how it relates to maybe healthcare or retail or, or whatever. Next slide is a, uh, you're not expected to read this, but um, we paid a company to contact 400 businesses and talk to them over the phone for about 20 minutes each, ask them what skill sets they found in most short supply and hardest to fill. And the highest need is in QuickBooks. And uh, this is the kind of information that helps me when I talk to colleges and they, they say everybody needs accounting. I say, no, they don't really need accounting. They need QuickBooks. And, and uh, so we've been able to have some impact on that and salesforce.com and things like that. So if you're talking to businesses, you're probably familiar with these needs. We had to do a survey of 400 businesses for $40,000 to come up with the same information. Next slide, please. So we integrated all that into a series of skill sets that uh, align with third-party certifications and now digital badges that people like to put on their LinkedIn profiles so they can be easily found. Um, I realize for the incumbent worker, the employer may not be too happy if they're looking good on LinkedIn, but very often these same skill sets uh, are very um, uh, desired for advancement within the company. Next slide. So taking this, our, our pathway, which we decided to design and develop based on industry input, the academic senate got a hold of it. And um, you see a comparison of what we developed on the, the left to what they developed on the right. And this is where their expertise comes in. And I really appreciate what they did. They took the business information worker one level and they broke it down into two segments in smaller discrete elements that were more appropriate for the kind of learning people really need. And then they brought up some things that they think are relevant that I didn't originally think were relevant, like math, you know, and evidently a lot of students come to us, they don't know any math. So getting the fractions, percentages and stuff. So there were some compromises. They included QuickBooks in the accounting as uh, as a as a necessary thing. So they, 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 they've done this as all standardized, it's CID'd, and, and it's, it's a wonderful curriculum that's available and it's very good for, for helping people. Um, next slide, please. So what we found in, uh, just, yeah, there you go. What we found, even this, this particular slide started back in 2012, it hasn't changed a bit. If you take any labor market information device like burning glass or anything else and you, and you Google it for, or not Google it, but you search it for the most in-demand uh, third-party certifications, these come up, same ones. Uh, and they're like, it's the 80-20 rule, 80% 80 of all the opportunities and, and require 20% of the third-party certifications available, and these are they. Although there's been some slight movement on the PMP away from that uh, towards an increasing value in the uh, CompTIA uh, Project Plus, because that is much more accessible and it's not, this PMP is a little bit more to, for a space launch kind of thing. Next slide. 
So we did the, the same kind of approach as a business information worker. We did it with the IT technician pathway. We said, what kind of skill sets do people need in what order and what's accessible for them to, to get into that career? Uh, next slide. And in this particular case, we same three phase deal. We found out the first level job is a computer retail salesperson. And this is how a lot of people start. And all they need for that is an A plus certification. But uh, that same A-plus certification, or increasingly now IT fundamentals, is uh, necessary in all kinds of businesses. And they, and but along with that, they need the customer service and they need the computer retail. And uh, that's all part of what we offer in a three-step series, which, as you can see, next slide, um, is compared to the business information worker, you have steps, you have third-party certifications and digital badges. And this is the way uh, people on the outside and the inside evaluate their progress these days. This is the way they position themselves on LinkedIn. This is the way they get jobs. They no longer do resumes. They uh, get third-party certifications. It goes on their uh, LinkedIn profile. Uh, placement agencies who place about 70% of entry-level jobs search for the relevant certifications within a zip code radius, and that's how they find the person. And uh, this is it's, it's the way it's happening in these kinds of fields where these certifications are important, which is a big part of ICT. So one more slide, I believe. Um, if I were in your shoes and I was trying to pitch training that I thought was relevant to the field of most general business and, um, and I was uh, cognizant of all these market demands that we've been researching and finding out, these are the, this is the list of things that I would have on my menu and I'd be asking businesses, are you interested in training for your employees in these areas? IT fundamentals being very good. The majority of uh, cybersecurity threats that occur uh, and, and, you know, happen to businesses where someone answers the wrong email. I mean, preventing cybersecurity problems is a fundamental, simple task of password protection and not answering the wrong email. But there's a lot of other things that go into making a safe environment. And it's really, it's fairly low tech. And uh, businesses have a high demand for this. So I'd be looking at IT fundamentals, which is by CompTIA. I'd also be looking at all the other uh, Cisco and Microsoft networking type certifications and see if there's a platform or a way to do it that um, uh, you can offer it. And similarly with the business information worker, those, those are the certifications on the right that I would, I would be pitching to businesses as well. There is one more slide here, I believe in my section uh, yeah, so kind of in summary, I'm, I'm recommending that you look at the certification and digital badges as, as probably the stepping stones that might be worth selling. Uh, we find that nowadays these students are cohort driven, and so you, your work environment may be perfect for that. But uh, we find that in the community college system, cohorts make a big difference. Uh, cohort activities make a big difference. Faculty expertise, this is, I think, relevant to you in the sense that it's very hard to get a subject matter expert to teach these things. Increasingly, all the uh, subject matter uh, is online in videos and everything else. What you really need in terms of a, an instructor is the guide on the side. Uh, so searching for that perfect subject matter expert uh, it can be very difficult, but I'm not sure it's necessary, uh, especially in a lot of the entry uh, lower level uh, courses because all the, the information is available elsewhere, but people need encouragement, they need handholding. Uh, the, the other thing that I just want to leave with you and I'll bring it up again at the end is uh, I think for anyone you talk to in a uh, business setting, 
if you wet their appetite with whatever it is you're pitching and selling and concluding with them, we would love it if you then tell them how that then migrates to other things and then get the community college system. And I think that might be a key part of our uh, relationship going forward. So I'm going to turn it over to Leah in, uh, in just a second. And uh, the, the, so the main thing I want to leave with you is I think that both Leah and I do a lot of research and we know what a lot of demands are. And with a little tailoring, I think we can help you guys understand what we have to offer. And I think there's some wonderful ways to work together. Were there any questions in chat that I should address right now? Yes, the PowerPoint will be available. Yes, you can have a copy. Okay. Leah, would you like to take it over? Sure. Can everyone hear me? Okay. Steve, you can hear me? Okay. Um, so I am the new statewide director for Global Trade. And uh, Steve has obviously been doing this for a very long time and so perfectly laid out what our process is from the college side of things. In global trade, historically, we've been a public-facing effort that has done a lot with uh, business services. And so we do have the advantage of having that direct feedback from industry in addition to the research that Steve mentioned. So. Um, what that has meant though from the college education side of things is that a lot of our students have moved through business department uh, trade programs that are largely theory-based, if you will. And it's been difficult to have uh, those programs be immediately applicable to employer needs. So what this slide is uh, illustrating here is that <clears throat> when I came into this role last year, I really wanted to do an assessment statewide of what the colleges were currently offering and then do a comparative to the skill sets that our employers are looking at, particularly small to mid-sized business. So if we can go to the next slide. Um, this is a research uh, document that we created and this is also available if anyone would like it, happily share this with you, but provides an overview of that analysis and looking at uh, the top codes, which for trade uh, at the college, in the college system, we historically have had only one top code. Um, and so looking at the skills that employers are asking for, we found that indeed there are many more uh, because we're increasingly seeing business look at online and digital platforms as a primary mechanism for engaging in trade. So if we can go to the next slide. Um, Leah, yeah, this is just a yes. Oh, just to interrupt, I'm sorry. If people are coughing, it might help if they put their phones on mute by just hitting asterisk six. Thank you. I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> That's okay. So this is just a deeper dive, and obviously this uh, slide would be difficult to read, but this um, report is available, as I mentioned, and breaks down the different skill sets. Uh, that the colleges train in and what this looks like in terms of statewide employment and uh, projected job openings. But this next slide really illustrates uh, more profoundly what this shift is in terms of how we look at international business, global trade, and the opportunities affiliated with the colleges and what our employers are asking for. And it is largely an e-commerce driven perspective. And so if we look at the college pipeline to Steve's earlier comment that 
contract ed and its relationship to the colleges in that there's an opportunity to always point uh, folks to the colleges to augment training, et cetera. This is an example of that. So if we go to the next slide, this sort of sets the stage, if you will, in terms of how we approach this research and, and where I think it ties into contract ed. Uh, global entrepreneurship, if you will, is the new norm, and by that we mean that more and more small business is either purposefully or indirectly um, engaged in sales online and frequently uh, receiving queries from persons and customers from around the world. So our small business really needs to be prepared to address uh, the opportunities for global trade via e-commerce, and that's what uh, we were looking at with this research. So if we go to the next slide, this just gives you some broad um, statistics on the growth of e-commerce, and it is not only, uh, or what we refer to as cross-border e-commerce, and it is not only a growing demand in the U.S., but obviously all around the world. And it's interesting to note that it is both a, uh, a product uh, demand as well as services are being sold through e-commerce platforms. And it is both a business-to-customer uh, interaction as well as a business-to-business -business transaction. So a lot of activity taking place online and a lot of companies looking to upskill their existing workforce so that they're able to really enhance these global online sales opportunities. So if we go to the next slide, uh, a rather uh, glaring statistic here is that when we've queried through uh, the Global Retail Insights how many merchants were prepared to capitalize on these online global sales, we've got 74% of those folks feeling that they were ill-prepared to do so. And I think that really speaks to the opportunity in terms of uh, contract ed and what these offerings might look like. So if you go to the next slide, this is a snapshot of the primary skills that folks are looking for. And a lot of this is not necessarily a deep dive training in how to uh, provide, um, you know, tariff calculations online or how to uh, do a currency exchange online or how to translate a website. The good news is that, is that for small business, many of these technologies are plugins, which means that as long as a student or a, an incumbent worker understands how to utilize the software, it's uh, relatively easy to enhance an existing e-commerce platform and make it optimized for global sales. So before we go to the next slide, I just want to set the stage that this is all the research, if you will, um, that we've been able to do as uh, statewide directors, particularly in trade, because we have historically done uh, consulting with businesses and done training with businesses. So we've gotten this real feedback. And now we've had to turn uh, to our education partners to determine the best way to increase workforce skills to meet this demand in the digital landscape, if you will, so in e-commerce. And our uh, most recent effort there, which I wanted to share with you in this next slide, is through a virtual internship program. And we can go to the next slide after that. Um, and so this is this we have done on behalf of real companies with, in this instance, uh, college students who are already taking classes in web design, social media marketing, those types of skills. 
And under the direction of an e-commerce expert, those students worked on customized projects on behalf of our companies in real time. And the exciting thing, as Steve well knows, in terms of working in a digital landscape, is we can benchmark a company's um, current analytics as they move into this program, and then we can do that at the end of the program and actually uh, be able to track in real time the results that these skills can bring to their e-commerce platform. So market analysis, pay-per-click advertising, social media marketing, and Google Analytics are all just foundational skills. Um, again, I'm sure Steve would agree with this in terms of basic knowledge that uh, folks need to have in order to really increase the value on their e-commerce sites, and that's what we used in this uh, internship program. And if we go to the next slide... Um, this is just uh, an example of our funding and the trade office that we have th uh, through the Chancellor's Office to provide business services. Um, so in terms of how this might look for contract ed, we know that uh, through the California Trade Office, we know that companies are asking for support in growing their e-commerce platforms, in taking advantage of global sales, they lack the information to make sure that they mitigate risk in those transactions and make sure that they fully optimize their transactions and take into consideration uh, customer service online for you know, a, a foreign country and those types of things. So we know the demand is there. We know that the skills are trainable. We, we have identified uh, many of them based on this feedback. Um, and if you go to the next slide, very similar to what Steve described, uh, although this slide is not as pretty, uh, we also offer you know, um, a digital badge uh, for folks who complete this, which acknowledges skills attainment related to Google Analytics and some of those other training we provide. And then also a digital portfolio, which showcases that benchmarking of analytics and the actual uh, project that they took on on behalf of the companies. So knowing that this is not a contract ed example, this is an internship example, nonetheless, I think it's translatable to uh, contract ed, and I think it could become a, a real opportunity for an incumbent workforce, particularly in the small to mid-size uh, business community. Um, and I think the last slide is just... Uh, you know, talking about our research and what we've done to bring this all together. So that's that's it for my presentation, and uh, happy to, as I said, share uh, our research document, which we have as a downloadable PDF in addition to the slides, and happy to um, discuss with anyone offline, um, additionally, any of the uh, program work that we're doing through the trade office on behalf of business. Thank you, Leah, so very much. Um, I just want to offer up, we, uh, Faith and I have been dealing with the Chancellor's Office uh, new website. It's not nearly as easy to upload uh, PowerPoint presentations to our website as it used to be. They've made everything, um, as they should, ADA accessible. Yeah. So if you as a contracted uh, person want to either send Faith, Briley, or myself an email, we will email you the PowerPoint uh, presentation today or later this week. <laughs> so just, just let us know and we'll get it to you.
Well, I, I think this last slide speaks to the fact that uh, if you guys have some projects in, I guess, either international trade opportunities or IT, ICT, the ones I described, <clears throat> I'd love to hear about them. And uh, I, I'm looking at you guys being the prototype testers. If I can go back to the colleges and say, look, a contract has been doing this course up and down the state and people are buying it like crazy, you really ought to consider putting it on your schedule. I mean, I don't know if you see that as competition or not, but uh, I think the kind of people that, that buy what you're selling and the kind of people that show up at the college campus are two different types altogether. And uh, so I, I don't, I think it's a natural synergy actually. Um, so anyhow, I'm, I'm hoping that that's the next step that we, we get to uh, working together. And, you know, as you know, Shenny Weber has a lot of uh, emphasis. I mean, every other word is industry engagement and uh, you guys are out there doing it. So we could have a zillion focus groups and we wouldn't know as much as what you guys know already. So we ought to have a focus group with you and find out what is it that business seems to be wanting. And I, I you know, I, I don't mind turning it around at this point. And I know I also saw uh, Chuck Easton's on the call too. He's our state director for uh, business and entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I, I just met with Shinny yesterday afternoon. I was out in Sacramento and we did talk a little bit about contract ed and she's definitely interested in industry engagement. And uh, yeah, I saw too, um, I was going to maybe answer one of the questions in the chat line, Tom, you were talking about QuickBooks. Um, I'd ask that question as well about whether, you know, QuickBooks online versus desktop. And uh, right now, I think the QuickBooks education folks says still about, no, I think 50-50. You know, a lot of the colleges have both the programs for the online QuickBooks and the uh, desktop. And but I can tell you some of the other projects I'm involved with, uh, it depends on who you're working with. Like we have a grant working with the defense folks and the online version is not as good at doing like project cost tracking. So they like to use the desktop version. So that it depends on who you're talking to in industry for that, that answer to that question too. But yeah, Shuni is definitely uh, interested in that input from industry and the engagement. So. Yeah, I can see a regular feature of my work, finding out what you guys are learning from the businesses that you talk to. If you need research and support materials to help you with your pitches or anything else, I'd be very happy to help provide that. Um, yeah, likewise, uh, I would feel the same. I would love any feedback from any of you and would happily uh, be available to support any conversations around this subject as well, so absolutely. Thank you both so much. Um, do any of our contracted practitioners have some questions now for uh, Steve or Leah? You can unmute yourself. <laughs> Susie? I'm here, but I don't have any questions. Okay, when you unmute yourself, there's a lot of noise in the background. I'm not sure what it is. I don't either. I hear it too, but it's not here. It's on the phone. Okay. Okay, anybody have any questions for Leah or Steve? I guess I would ask, uh, was this helpful? Um, I mean, even if you don't have a particular question, I'd love to find out if you think that this kind of collaboration and working together is, is something you could actually use. You know, will anybody be calling me? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and one thing I'm not seeing is maybe um, the uh, contact information. I should have asked you to put that in your last slide. I'm sorry I didn't do that. So maybe Steve, could you uh, read us your email address slowly? I'll put it in the chat. Well, not everybody's on the chat, but it's Steve at 
W-R-I-G-H-T-C-A. Steve at writeca.com. Perfect. Thank you. Leah, your email address? Yeah, I just put it in the chat. It's L and then my last name, Gould-Haas at lbcc.edu. And I'll respond, uh, Margaret, to you directly and share the PDF of the report. So then you can share my contact info and the report with anyone as well. All right. Thank you so much. This is this is Eldon. Um, if you can hear me. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, Steve, I know I've been working with sector navigators in in the past, but just I do think it's time we shared this with Shinny that we have a good healthy conversation of where contract ed is thing. We can have a better understanding, you know, across the board. And and two, I could use a better understanding, you know, what role we can play, you know, with the with the other sectors. But I think it's it's a good time to have that discussion because I know, you know, there's this 20 million people out there that either four million dropped out of college. You know, the rest probably didn't go to college, and and probably a lot of them won't ever go to college. You know, so is there a, another part of the community college that can serve that market? And I think that answer is through these certifications, work-based certifications, and uh, you know, credentialing. But it's looking at it from a different angle at the community college serving a different audience. You yeah, know, not me. everybody's going to go through a degree. So I think there needs to be more of a healthy discussion. Hopefully that happened. I think Shinny was was open to having that discussion. You know, I think it's really uh, a matter of venue. I mean, a lot of people, uh, some people like to come to a college campus. I, I personally have a hard time finding parking when I go to any campus. I probably paid over 500 bucks in parking fees in the last year. Uh, some people prefer online a little bit, you know, not a lot. Uh, they like to combine it with other things. I think offering uh, a training in the workplace is uh, just another venue, and it's what you do. It's unfortunate that you have to do it and have to, you know, scour around for money and everything else too. But it's just another venue. Uh, and when I was at uh, GTE for in Verizon for 23 years, uh, we had lunch and learns every single day of the week, and. Uh, all our subject matter expert engineers, many of whom did not have a college degree, learned everything they learned from vendors who'd come in and, and talk to them for a while or other courses that were offered. And, and so you, you've got a very dynamic world right now when it comes to IT and international trade and things like that. And these, these workforces got to be just dying for knowledge. So I, I think you're in the right place at the right time. And I'm more than happy, you know, to help with that. But to me, I think the key is, is the venue and you have a, very unique venue. You bring it to them. I'll, I'll wind up my statement because I, I know we can cover this forever and ever in a day. Um, I don't know that it's a venue. It's a different audience. But I do think it's something that we definitely need to address. And I think it would be very beneficial to the community college world all the way around. But I can't emphasize enough. I think the time is here that we do start having those those talks of how do we serve this new audience. And it may not necessarily be through credit programs. So 
how can we work how can we work to do that what's the difference between non credit and not for credit but i think we each have a very important role that i think it's time to have those healthy discussions cuz i think we would all benefit so that's all i have to say Eldon, this is uh, Chuck Eason. In my uh, conversation with Shinny yesterday, we did talk a little bit about, um, you know, the GoBiz uh, DoD Cascade 2.0 grant. I mentioned how we have three right, right. projects. I mentioned yours, and she said she knew you, and then Jeffrey yeah. Ford's the Cybersecurity Apprenticeship, and then mine, I'm doing an internship. And I asked Shinny specifically, do you support, you know, us, you know, continuing to, you know, for our sector, our business entrepreneurship sector, to, you know, support these GoBiz efforts? And she was supportive of us doing that. And uh, she realizes that is different than what you're doing, like with contract ed and working with businesses and maybe some of the things we've been doing with just students directly. So, Well, I think the way I referred it was a, a baseball game. You know, you have to run through the bases to get to home plate. And we have first base, which is credit programs, and second base is non-credit. And both of those are funded, but the not-for-credit traditionally has not been funded but it plays a very important role. So as community colleges, we can hit the home run and get the home plate and give a complete turnaround service to, to the business. So that's the yeah. kind of discussion I'm talking and about. And I support Shinny. I am tickle pink because she's definitely open to to having these discussions. And, and I do think it's very valuable to work with sectors because obviously I practice what I preach. I've been doing that for, for some time. It's been a value partnership. Yeah. And the big question Shinny had, of course, and she asked of me was, you know, how do we measure our results? And it's difficult for us because, you know, the results on the credit side, sometimes we're more far removed, but you guys sure. have some good data, what you're tracking for, you know, working with you know, employees. So, you know, we've got the, the data there. It's just, uh, she and, wants and to yeah, and if, if contract ed is funded, then those are results. I think the community college could really benefit and incorporate you know, as far as the total uh, total outcome and measurement that I think can be measuring, but I really think that third base funding, how do we fund that, is a good healthy, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of money. You know, we figure, you know, our up, upgrade cost per student's around 900 and something dollars, so that's pretty cheap on the dollar, but it's really, we do a great job of focusing on graduating the student and if they go through K through 12 and another two to eight years of college that's 20 years of their life but we're looking at what do we do about educating them and upskilling them during their 30 plus year career and I think that's where the focus mm -hmm. a discussion down the road needs to be is a total turnaround solution that when we graduate them we're going to update them through their 30-year career so California could benefit by having a top-notch, you know, very relevant, up-to-date training. But anyway, that's a side thought. I don't want to take any more time. But hopefully, hopefully from different angles, Shinny, we shared that with her, and she was very, very open. We can start having those healthy discussions so we can mm -hmm. better work with each other closer, you know, and more effectively. So. Anyway, that's just a side note. Yeah, th uh, Eldon, this is Annie. I agree. I just wanted to kind of support you on your messaging there that um, I do think that, you know, Shinny is, is aware of where our outcomes are supporting employers right now. And 
that awareness is, includes that you know third base is not is not currently funded, and so I think as we take a look at some of the uh, conversation that we're having here, when we're um, as a contracted practitioner having a conversation with an employer around providing some of the options that they have, um, knowing that 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 some of the academic courses and the length of those courses and the ability for their employees to attend those courses is going to be a very small universe of people because they still have a business to run. So um, while I, I think statewide, us working together and sh assisting other departments that if they're going to have those conversations with an employer that um, we're all mindful that, you know, currently the fee-based programs are not, you know, they're not currently funded, and there's an opportunity that um, is important for that holistic view of first, second, and third base all working together um, that is, is part of that um, near-term opportunity. Um, and so I think just being mindful, we don't want to confuse some of our employers that we're trying to suggest they send all the employees to the academic classes, um, that there is a pathway that's still available for them, um, but our strength and our wheelhouse is really that is, is maturing our third base that is currently um, underfunded because it's right now it's at the employer's expense um, to make that happen, which includes the ETP funding if they're accessing ETP funds, if they qualify. Um, and the ETP fund itself is created by the employer paying into that fund through their unemployment tax. So it is solely um, funded by the employer at this point. So um, all really good conversations so that we can all work together of, of being able to put our best foot forward for our employers in California, that's for sure. It's a great yeah, conversation. I think one of the miracles, one of the miracles of modern marketing was convincing auto dealerships to get together in the same part of town and become an auto mall. I mean, you can imagine what they were all scratching their heads saying, how's this going to be help, helping me if my dealership's next to the other guy? And, and, and yet it works perfectly. There are more cars sold. It's very effective. People only drive to one general area. And, and people are going to buy the car. So I think when we look at collaboration, we have to not concern ourselves with um, whether one sector is going to be ripping off the student for the other sector. And I know there's some faculty concerns about contract ed that, you know, I think we'll just sidestep those for now because I, I think if we look at uh, a partnership where you guys help us with the marketing and, and we pick up one end, one kind of customer, and you guys have the other kind, and I, I think it works out very nicely. I would encourage you to go back and look at some of those other, I think a second slide or whatever, where we talked about the number of ways that uh, community colleges are interested in businesses participating on the college campus, mentorships, internships, uh, speaking engagement. You know, businesses are busy, I know that, but I also know that sometimes they're interested in the whole uh, ecosystem of activities that they can do in, in addition to getting their own training that they need, uh, perhaps mentoring others, uh, perhaps helping out and creating a kind of a 
an, an on-ramp for new employees uh, based on the local community college. There's, so there's a lot of uh, interesting possibilities when you look at that quid pro quo between what the colleges want and what the, what the industry wants. And, and uh, so if we can figure out some ways to combine that, uh, I mean, I'm just thinking community college partners and business, you know, and what that means. Um, it, there could be some fun stuff, but it only works with you guys because obviously what they want is customized curriculum and training. And if we leave that out, we're, we're not satisfying the equation. Anybody have anything else for the good of the group? So I've already received a couple of emails for the PowerPoint. I'm sending that out right away. Um, don't, don't hesitate to either contact Faith or I if you need a copy of it. And then I'll also be getting the PDF from uh, Leah. So thank you again, Steve and Leah, very much. We, we really greatly appreciate just starting this conversation and sharing your knowledge of your particular industries. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. Fine group. All righty. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you.